Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presents Ex Nihilo with Father Martin Wen and Steve Bucklin, a program that is seeking to lead young adults to Christ and to enkindle a deeper faith that is fully alive. Now, here are your hosts. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to our weekly podcast. This is your host, Father Martin. Greetings and salutations. This is your co-host, Steve Buckland. So good to be back with you. Most certainly is. So, today, we're going to jump right into it. Absolutely. Right into, although, you know what? Have you noticed how hot it's been lately? It has been. It's driving me crazy. That's, yeah. It's just been, it has felt like we went right from our wee bit of winter into the depths of summer. Did we have a winter? I don't really think we did. It was more like a fake fall. <laughs> a teaser spring. The joy of living in Florida. And, of no. course, we digress. Well, we do digress, but in a sense, it really is kind of connected because uh, one of the hottest topics in the Catholic Church right now, which is relics. <laughs> relics are huge. I didn't realize that. So Steve has a very lovely title for this uh this podcast, and it's certainly made in honor of me, so please do yeah. share. Well, because one day, uh, Father Martin came, and he asked me this question, guess whose bone I have in my house? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm not sure I really want to know. Ten people. He has the bones of ten people in his house. Now, now before, before you before call you, OPD. Right, before you freak out and call the, the cops. The good news is all these bones were obtained licitly from the Vatican. Is that right? Or did you get them at the yard sale? <laughs> no, no, I got eBay. I got I got them eBay? from a legit legit source. Uh, one from the monastery, and uh, actually, all of them were from the monasteries. Which ones? Do you remember? Uh, the first one from Saint Martin the Porus, my patron saint. I got it from the Italian cloister monastery in Rome. Uh, okay, now how did they get a relic of Saint Martin de Porus? Because he lived in South America. So did they but just, he's a Dominican saint. So they went and got him? Yeah, they went and got him. Well, right now in, in Lima, in uh, his home city, they only keep his, uh, his skull. The, mm. rest, the rest of the body got scattered all over the world. <laughs> so just so you guys understand, I, I am fascinated with relics. But at the same time, relics freak me out and make me feel ooky inside because it's like, what's going to happen? When Martin de Porus, you know, Jesus comes again, he raises Martin de Porus in the grave, but you can't find him because his body's scattered all over the world. And and that is one of the dilemma that we're running into nowadays because, of course, the church's teaching is that the human body is sacred. And so when the person dies, uh, you're supposed to bury the person in the most respectful manner. Um and so, yeah, I, I don't want to get into this debate, rather, <laughs> because it is a practice of the church from the earliest of time. It is. Uh, and you know what? I mean, the, one way to think about it, and I, we probably got off on, on a rough foot talking about in that light. I probably should not have cast that light, so I do apologize. But it's it, one interesting way to think about it is is um, uh, the way that, in, in a very a very common tradition for many, many hundreds of years, was people would pass down small mementos or things about themselves. Sure. Um, you know, when babies, you know, when a baby gets his first haircut, mom saves a lock of hair from the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the moms hang on to it, and then you as a child get the lock of hair many years later, and you're like, what do I do with my hair? Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm sure you treasure it as well. 
but it's the same same type of deal. So it's something very personal, very close to, and relics don't necessarily have to be um, the actual body or uh, part of the saint. That's right? true. I mean, we, we do divide them into different categories. First-class relics uh, is either the, the part of the body, typically it's the bone or hair, or like uh, Pope John Paul II, uh, Pope Saint John Paul II, because his body is still entombed. And the law dictated that you can only open his casket 40 years after his death. And so right now, the only source of relics that we wow. have is the two vials of blood that they, uh, that they took and they kept at the hospital. Right. So, Pope St. John Paul II, you're on the clock. <laughs> you're on the clock. You're on the clock. <laughs> just, we're coming for you, you just you don't know it. So, but, uh, well, and that's But just, you know what, this is an old practice. I mean, to be very fair... Um, if you, if anyone's ever been to St. Mark's Cathedral uh, in Venice, Italy, mm -hmm. um, there's also a St. Mark's in Alexandria, Egypt, and they both claim to have the saint, St. Mark, underneath the altar, which is technically true because the Venetians came and they, they stole the body of St. Mark from Alexandria, brought it back to Venice, and then in a, in a gesture of goodwill sent the head back. Oh. So St. Mark's body is underneath the altar in, in Venice, but his head is underneath the altar in Alexandria. Uh, I wonder if we completely disturb our audience. <laughs> if you're not freaked out yet, maybe we should have saved this podcast for Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been perfect. But anyway, um, let us just backtrack a little and, and so let's talk about to yeah. You. So let's talk about the importance. So why are relics important? I mean, because. Relics are one of those things, um, like our little statues, that cause non-Catholics to, to look at us and go, look at these crazy people coveting dead people's bones. Sure, I mean, one day is a good practice, it's always abuse. Um, but it all started with the, uh, the early church and uh, the martyrs. Because if you go back to, if you go to the city of Rome and visit all these catacombs, uh, cemeteries, that is, uh, you learn that from the early church when when a witness, a martyr, uh, gave their life uh, in witness for Christ, their body was very much venerated. They were respected. And so uh, early Christians would bury these um, Christians in catacombs and then Holy Mass usually is uh, was offered on, on top of the tomb. Right. Um, it really come back to what Tertullian said, you know, the blood of the martyr was the seeds of Christians. So it was a gesture of respect and of honor. Uh, even if you read the, um, the book of Revelation, the bones and the body of the witnesses were under the altar. It was the, the reference was made there. Um, of course, as we, as we progress, uh, the practice is kept. That is to say, the bone of a saint is kept underneath the altar uh, as the foundation. Technically, it should be a martyr, but uh, we have less and less martyrs now, and obviously less and less canonized saints. And hence, the need to divide up the poor saints. Right, exactly. Well, I think I think you hit on a good point, which is that um, that is while we were kind of you know taking a, a more societal view of the practice. The origin and the roots of it, and you know the adherence of it today, is very much one of veneration, not worship, 
but veneration in the sense that um, these are these are reminders. They're tangible um, things, tangible mm-hmm. artifacts that we can use to connect us with people who did heroic things in the name of Christ. Most certainly so, and uh, honestly, our veneration of the saints, of the Blessed Mother, is meant to point to a greater reality, to God. And and what's that? That's the role of the saints. When the church officially recognizes a person with heroic virtues, it is so that it's not so that we can put the person on the altar to be worshipped, but as an ex- a set example for us all to follow. Right. Because worshipping anybody other than God would be idolatry. Right. And that's strictly prohibited. See the Ten Commandments. Yep. It used to be the fact that if you worship idol, you'd be stoned to death. But do you really want to bring that back now? Probably not. Well, I mean, you know. Probably not. Probably not. Stoning um, just seems very inhumane. Can't we come up with something else? How about tased? <laughs> I'm afraid to ask. <clears throat> now, right. that led to an interesting question. What is a saint? Who is a saint? Yes, who is a saint? Uh, really, this, uh, the term saint came from this Latin. This is a pop quiz for Father Martin, by the way. It came from the Latin. Gosh, he's driving me crazy. Uh, <laughs> came from the Latin word sanctus, holy. So a saint is a holy person, and and honestly, you don't have to be officially recognized and canonized by the church to be a saint. A saint is someone just made it to heaven, right? And I'm sure along the ways of our church history of two thousand years, many heroic and holy people live a very quiet, virtuous life, have made it to heaven, and never been recognized by the church. Oh, most undoubtedly. So, so yes, that, that's a fair point. In a catechetical sense, though, to bring it down to the boring, because um, you give a very eloquent definition, but kind of at its root, really, <clears throat> for our purposes, a saint is someone whose life uh, as a Christian is worthy of emulation. Mm-hmm. Simply, and, and we believe that they're in heaven. Sure. And so when you kind of take those two foundational pieces, um, when we talk about their lives specifically, that they did great things, they were great servants of God, um, doesn't mean they were without sin, sure. uh, of course, because even some of the greatest figures in the Bible were just all-time classic VIP sinners. See uh, <laughs> David, see Moses, and the list goes on and on. Um, but, that, but that in spite of, right, not because of the sin that they, they committed, but in spite of that, they were still able to be great vehicles of God's love. Sure. We, they were able to, to do great things uh, for others in his name. Um, and then the second part of it is uh, that we believe they're in heaven. And mm-hmm. so this is where things get a little more tricky because it's not like we have a heaven hotline or you just FaceTime God and, you know, could you do a pano around the room, Lord? <laughs> we want to see who's up there with you. So, so we have to figure out, so we, the church relies on uh, ways to determine um, whether or not a person has actually made it to heaven. And this is where the miracles come in. So, right. Like, drum roll, please. The miracles. Right? <clears throat> so, so this is where, when you think about, well, you need to do two miracles, and then, you know. Yeah, Steve is describing what is called the formal process of, uh, of uh, investigation of who's actually going to be recognized as a saint. 
So typically when a person, a holy person died and if they want to make a case, they apply the case to the Holy See to Rome and an, an investigation is open. Uh, in order for you to be declared a blessed, um, it, it is really a, a lengthy and exhaustive process, but to be declared a, a, a blessed, there has to be one miracle attributed to you, and the, the process continue, and you need a second miracle um, to be declared a saint. Right. Now, does that mean that the saints actually make the miracle? Well, no. No. Only God makes miracle. And so we, we pray that the, we ask the saint to pray on our behalf. Right. The intercession. That, that's the major role that the saints play in our spiritual life. The, they are intercessors on our behalf. Right. Exactly. So <clears throat> a great way to think about that in, in practical terms is, you know, when you're sick or somebody has something tragic, you know, oh, I've got to go into the hospital, will you pray for me? Mm -hmm. You know, and I would ask Father Martin, he'd say, sure, Steve, I pray for you. Which would, would I, be great. Would I? Would I? Well, yeah. <laughs> Let, let's just backtrack. The hope would be that if Father Martin, he would pray for me. It just have to be bad enough, I think. That's yeah. all. Yeah, right? I yeah. suppose so. If it was severe enough, maybe you'd pray no, for No, Steve, I'd love you. I'll pray for you. Oh, well, thank you. That's very nice. <laughs> but, but, wouldn't it be as, wouldn't it be also great to have, say, the Blessed Mother pray for me? So I asked the Blessed Mother to pray for me, and, and it's kind of, you know, who, who's closer to God at this point? His mother. Exactly. Now, Father Martin's looking sad right now. If we had the camera on, you can see his face. <laughs> Why would I look sad? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, actually, no, but I the always point look is, sad. is, so for the, the reason we ask the saints, we, we pray to the saints and ask them to intercede with us, is we believe, that's part and parcel of that we believe that they are in heaven, that, mm -hmm. that, they're, that they're there. They're able to intercede in a more direct way, more so than we can uh, from down here right. on earth. And uh, unfortunately, the cult <clears throat> of relics, uh, veneration of relics has gone tricky and murky over the years and if you study church history it was a major problem in the middle ages uh, and it's even in fact led to some of uh, Martin Luther's discontent with the church because uh, the saints are sort of like commercialized right well they were you know people were selling relics I mean and that that's something that is strictly forbidden uh, by the Vatican's forbidden by Rome um, doesn't mean there weren't people uh, doing it. In fact, uh, even as recently as, as a few hundred years ago, even, even last now. hundred years in the eighteen hundreds, and even it continues to today. Um, Unfortunately, but, on eBay, I mean, if you go on eBay, it's it's very sad for me to see sometimes that that all the saints end up being on eBay. And if I had money, I would rescue them all. Um, but that being said, uh, going back to the purest on the in original intention of what uh, veneration of the relics is all about is to call upon the example of the saints. They are our examples. They are the heroic figures of our faith. Uh, you know, if you go back to the Bible, the, uh, the apostles typically refer to the early Christians as saints of God. So it doesn't mean that you have to be a perfect individual to be a saint, it is us all walking on this journey of life with the ups and downs, 
and somehow try the best we can to rely on God's help to lead a holy and, I guess, loving life connected to God. Well, you know, I mean, another another aspect of the saints is, and hopefully one that that the that, that, that the veneration of relics helps to bring about is to spurn um, and people into learning more about saints and the lives that they led. Sure. You know, we kind of have this all-star pantheon of like 30 saints that everybody knows, like St. Anthony, St. Jude, right? But in reality, there's like 300,000 named saints, I believe, some some astronomical oh. number now. Sure. Um, and so, you know, there's saints for, for anything. I mean, you can just jump onto Google and, you know, type in patron saint of rabbits, and then there's like five guys that come up. Um, <laughs> but it's... but. And I say that only, you know, half-jokingly, but, but it's true. I mean, there's been, you know, over the 2,000-year history of the church, mm-hmm. um, throughout the entire world, uh, there have been so many great men and women, by the way, uh, who have done great things for Christ, mm-hmm. very, led very, very holy lives. And just, just like the, the relics that I have at home, one of them, this holy martyr of Vietnam, who was actually sliced up to a 1,000 pieces, and he was tortured that horrendously during the persecution of Christians in Vietnam and he was he was French orig, uh, by origin but he, he gave up his life in Vietnam St. Joseph Lachance and they actually sliced him up a thousand pieces. Now who sliced him up? Uh, the uh, the China, well no, I can't say the Vietnamese uh, Imperial Guards. Oh wow okay so it wasn't something that happened that happened that was like part of his torture. Yep, that was a part of his torture. Yeesh. Okay, isn't that crazy? Yeah. But so these men and women uh, are truly great examples. Uh, great example of those people who were willing to give their life to God, and a great example for us all. And there are other types of relics. So we mentioned we spent a lot of time on first class relics. So second class relics would be what? Uh, Piece of the cross. Uh, well. Yeah, clothing Chains or Saint Peter. anything personal articles. Okay. Yep, the chain of Saint uh, Saint Peter. That well. Thank you, Wee Cat. <laughs> Wee Cat, <laughs> Wee Cat said something about a shell. We're not really sure. Saint James's shell. That yeah. would be hard to or find. Peter's the, the relic. The relic of the cross. Saint Peter's which cuffs. Is, oh yeah, when he was on handcuffs. Yep. Yep. So we we got a lot of them, and then the third class relics would be. A piece of cloth or something that touched the second class relic. Right. Uh, but anyway, all that aside, um, I, I think the one of the greatest thing about learning about the lives of the saints is that they they should challenge us to look into yeah. our life, that we should not be just content with the daily reality, uh, that we're, we're we're made for greatness, we're made for for eternal happiness, not just the uh, the nitty-gritty of life down and, here. And the saints are for all ages. So there are saints who, it doesn't matter the time or the circumstance. I mean, you can find saints in every age, in every place, even to today. Um, even, you know, even folks who are alive in the 19th and the 20th century um, who are still doing beautiful, heroic, holy things. Sure. Um, and, you know, the relics, uh, the relics hopefully serve as a reminder of that, that they that we we use them as, as symbols, um, as things that help us to remember that we all have.
the opportunity to be saints mm-hmm. if we want to be saints. Most certainly so, yeah. And it's the choice. It's the choice, but uh, at the end of the day, it is our aspirations. We can get very caught up with the daily life, but remember you're called to greatness. And the saints are definitely the greatest example of such. Now, um, Steve just pulled the oh, website. Oh, now, now, hold on. Now you're going to rush through it. Don't rush through Uh-oh, I So summer through. is right around the corner. Okay. And so I know there may be people who haven't, like, finalized their summer plans yet. Young adults, you know, wait till the last minute. Just be like, oh, I'm going on a trip next week. Or so, they're just trying mm-hmm. to see if they have any money left in the bank accounts. You know? Right. And even if you don't, just get that credit card out. Fire it up. Get yourself a plane ticket to Rome. And then you can go see the largest collection of saints in the world. Or saints relics. Sorry. The largest collection of saints that would be unusual. Uh, the largest collection of relics uh, in the world are, of course, in the Vatican. But if let's just say you know you don't have that high limit, you're not you're not rolling with the uh, the, Am- the Amex Centurion card. Um, where could you go to find the second largest relics? Do tell, do tell, Steve. Now you don't have to go that far. You can jump in your car. It's just a, a short 14-hour drive uh, to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania to St. Anthony's Chapel, where they have over 5,000 relics uh, that you can visit. Now you got me all intrigued. I know. See, it's not that far away. It's a small chapel. You can visit them on the website. Uh, you can go to www.stanthonyschapel.org. You can see lots of pictures, um, photo albums, all kinds of stuff. Um, and uh, it's just it's amazing. The origin of that particular chapel started because um, the, the founder... Uh, who came from Belgium, mm-hmm. uh, was most particularly, he was seeing a lot of trafficking of relics. Wow. And basically went to Pittsburgh at the time, which is one of the richest cities in the United States mm-hmm. because of the steel industry, raised a lot of money, and then went back to Europe. And the major cause of this was, uh, started with the French uh, Revolution. So Napoleon's rolling through most of Europe, destroying everything. Um, churches are being torn down and and the, the bodies of saints are being just scattered all over the place. Wow. And they were being forced for sale. So he raised a bunch of money uh, with the sole intent to go and rescue the bodies of these saints so that they could be kept with as much um, uh, holiness and, and veneration as possible and brought it back to Pittsburgh. Wow. They don't have any pictures on the website of the, uh, the relics themselves, though, huh? Uh, they do, actually. It's funny. You're going live with us. Um, let's see. This is when uh, the diocese need to invest and bring us on pictures or something like that. Yeah, we'll have to do like a, a full camera one. Yeah, the chapel. But while Steve navigating through okay. the um, the website, I just want to share with you this. Now, why do I have such a devotion to the relics of the saints? Uh, as a young child, every year, my mom and my grandmother would take me to the shrine of St. Martin the Porus. And, and I could distinctly remember every single time we, we went there, uh, we would kneel before his relics, and I would get a chance to kiss the relics and venerate it. Um, and somehow I, I think I, I want to attribute my vocation to that simple practice of uh, venerating my patron saints. Uh, and so when I was getting ordained a deacon, I wrote to uh, Rome, and I asked for a relic of St. Martin, and almost like a miracle, because being one of the a very popular saints, it's hard to get uh, his relics. 
but I was given a first-class relic of St. Martin, and so on the day of my ordination, as I lay prostrate on the floor with the litany of the saints being sung, uh, I had his relic on my body. As I laid down my life, I laid it down with the saints who had guided me along the way. Uh, it's a great example of virtues and, and holiness. That's an amazing story. I did not know that. Yep, so I, I just don't collect saints bones for collecting it <laughs> right so you're doing it with for purpose yes all <laughs> 10 of them all 10 of them all right <laughs> so the next time you see father martin you can ask him how him and his 10 friends are yeah the catacomb at my home the catacomb <laughs> at the rectory <laughs> that's great that's awesome at this point though all the relics are collected into a box in which i celebrate mass whenever oh. whenever i'm home uh and on my day off, uh, the, the piece of that box, then I put a cloth on top to celebrate Mass, all the relics of the saints is underneath. That's awesome. There are actually relics of saints underneath the altar at St. James at the cathedral as well. Yes, I believe it's so. It's not a requirement, by the way, for an altar. Mm, not Some anymore. people have said, you know, oh, you have to have to have them. No, that's not, it's no longer a requirement. Um, but there are older churches um, and some of the larger churches that actually do have relics under the altar. So. Yeah. But anyway, so I hope this uh, podcast has been informative, entertaining, and somewhat inspirational. And hopefully it piqued your interest in learning a little bit more about not only the saints, uh, but on the veneration of relics. Sure, and, and some, some good resources for us to, if you want to, if you're interested in learning more about the saints, obviously uh, the classic would be Butler's The Life of the Saints. Yeah. Uh, that's a great resource they have. We have saints for everything. Newadvent.org if you want to go online. That's also right. another good one. Uh, but le learn about them. Learn about their virtues, about their lives, and recognize that they're just like you and me. Imperfect, but with God's grace, achieve holiness. Amen. All right, so we wish you a wonderful week and blessings from us both, Steve and Father Mark. Amen. Have a lovely. Take care. Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presented Ex Nihilo with Father Martin Wen and Steve Buckland. Thank you for listening. Check out the podcast at faithfitradio.org and tune in next time. May you be blessed with peace and joy.